Welcome to Get Set, an old girls entertainment podcast where we talk set life and stories as three women in the TV and film industry. Today we don't have, well, we kind of have three women today. Um, we have Hannah, but she is actually out. She's traveling. She got booked by, uh, at South by Southwest for comedy. Nice. So go Hannah. Yes. Um, and then Monique is with us in body and in spirit, but not in voice because you know she's on vocal rest she uh, lost her voice so no no monique's voice today but she is with us answering questions and sitting with us and handling the tech which is lovely but on top of that we do have tiffany hughes here we have a very special guest um tiffany and i met set peeing together on a show yes and tiffany so tiffany set pas she writes produces directs and acts so acts a little bit, you say. It. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of acting, yeah. which is enough acting. <laughs> no, I, I'll claim it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Tiffany, we brought you on because with the three of us where we started, we all started with school. However, you and I have talked and you did not start like learning about the industry in school. You kind of learned about the industry by jumping into the industry, right? which is why we think your story is so valuable to our listeners because there's plenty of people out there who don't go to school for filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, while we had that edge, we want to know what it was like, what your experience was like, um, not being able to like have that as a resource and getting started. So let's yes. uh, let's talk about how you got started how did you get started how did i get started um well i will say it's been quite a ride mm-hmm. um i'm originally from north carolina and um i went to school my degrees in, in english with a concentration in electronic media so at the time i thought i wanted to work in news so when i worked in news um my friend was able to um set me up with an internship and i worked in news and i realized that as much as i love working in news I didn't like it as much as I thought it would. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more morbid and sad than I wanted to deal with. Yeah. But then um, I started working with the entertainment mm-hmm. reporter, which was a little bit more exciting. I was able to do like sizzle reels with them and got a chance to work camera and edit. And so that's when I kind of realized like, hey, I can shoot a movie. And so I got a camera. And I what shot, camera did you start with? Oh man, this was before <laughs> um, phones were like the thing where you can make your own movie. But yeah. this is, um, I got the Panasonic DVX100, nice. which was like 24P. It was like everything you needed to have in yeah. order to make your own like feature film if you wanted to. So I got me a camera and I got my friends together, my family. And I was like, hey, we're going to do this short. It, the title of the short was uh, Don't Talk, Just Listen. And basically it was a, about this guy who was dealing with like mental illness, but it was supposed nice. to be like a comedy too. So kind of twisty and yeah. yeah. So um, I did that and I realized how much I liked it. And so I was like, you know what? I can do this. So why not move to California? Why not me? And that's pretty much what, what I did. My mm-hmm. family surprisingly were very supportive. And to this day, I owe a lot to them about, you know, how supportive they are. Cause I don't think you can do this industry without having a support system. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say that right out the gate. Decided I was going to move to LA, kind of like, what's that show with the country people and they move to Beverly Hills, the Beverly Hills Village? Is that how Beverly Hills Village? Kind of like that, because I'm from a small town, uh, like 100 people in North Carolina. When I came out here, I was going to go to USC because they had like a summer program. Mm And then I checked it out and I was like, you know, for $3,000, I probably can like 
make my own movie. Yeah. This is when UCLA was just starting out with their extension program, the film and TV right. extension program. So I had already had my degree in English from North Carolina, but I wanted to get like more hands-on experience with film and TV. So I moved out here and, and I started doing the um, UCLA film and TV extension. Mm -hmm. But because I didn't know anybody except for Craig, AKA Craigslist, um, <laughs> Craigslist. didn't know where to live. I didn't have a roommate. I knew no one. So I go on oh Craigslist and I didn't even know about Craigslist until one of my friends, I was like, you know, I don't have anywhere to live. She's like, girl, go to Craigslist. I'm like what's Craigslist? So anyway, if you don't know what Craigslist is, it's like this huge resource that you can go to. It was before like Facebook was like the thing to go to. Yeah. So um, I go to Craigslist and I find a roommate off Craigslist. I don't know this guy. And um, luckily enough, he wasn't, scary. <laughs> uh, it could have been very scary, yeah, yeah. but he was amazing. Good. And okay, great. yeah, it happy, did, ending. happy ending, right? <laughs> like a really cool guy. Uh, he lived in uh, West Hollywood, so a great spot to live in. I didn't know what area of town I should live in, but yeah, landed there and he was cool. And he basically got me my first PA job. It was at a production company and it was a cool PA job. I really liked this job because I was able to do office PA work as well as field PA work. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, you know, the two don't exactly intertwine when you're on set. Yeah. Either you're going to be a set PA or a office, um, PA. office PA. Right. So with this one, I was able to do both and I learned a lot. But then a part of me was like, when I, when I first got out here, I was like, you know, I kind of want to act too. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing PA work, you cannot act no. because you're always on set. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, I appreciate, um, and it was a great opportunity. Like he got me the PA job and then he also knew some writers, which was really cool. So I got a chance to like be on set and see what the writers did on set for us, like sitcom. Um, the guy was working on a sitcom at the time. So then I started doing background acting. Yeah. And nice. <laughs> I realized what a background actor does and how they are essential to the plot, because a lot of times you don't think that you need background until you realize how important they are to the yeah. scene. And then I looked up on being a stand-in. And that's when I really got the chance to see all the different departments and what everyone does without being told, hey, thank you background, go back to holding. Yeah. And then we'll call you when we need you. As a stand-in, I was able to be there on set and just watch and learn. I feel like that really gave me the know-how what people did on set. Yeah. And so a lot of people don't even know what a stand-in is. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what a stand-in is, it's basically the person who stands in for the lighting, for the DP, the director of photography. Yep. And, and we have a whole episode. Yes. Janae came Janae, on. yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have two episodes, actually, because she talked about background stand-in and then a, a tad of photo doubling. Yes. As well, yeah. So yeah. Um, I think stand-in work is such a amazing opportunity if you can get it and if anyone asks how do you get that um it's like a lot of things in the industry you really just have to be at the right place at the right time mm -hmm. hopefully you look like the actor yeah um and that's not always essential you know sometimes they have utility um stand-ins where they'll have a woman standing in for a man or a man standing in for a woman it just depends on what the dp needs mm -hmm. and what the director is okay with yeah. so did some standing work on some features and I really realized what all the different departments were. And I really was like blown away by how many people it took to make a project come together. And then from there, I just started picking up like small little gigs, shooting and filming and putting people's like content together. So this was probably 
like I've been out here for over like 10 years. And so I just kind of like a mixture of doing background, stand in, PA, and then the writer strike hit. Mm -hmm. And things slowed down for me big time. And so from there, um, I think I told you how I equate working in the industry like riding waves. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm a black chick that serves. So just in case people wondering what I look like. But, um, and I think a lot of times the uncertainty of the industry is a lot like um, catching a wave mm -hmm. because when you're working, it's great. Yeah. You know, you're on a high, you're like doing what you love to do, but it's like when there's no waves, it's extremely calm and it's uncertain. You just don't know when your next or what your next gig is going to yeah. be. So I actually took a job in real estate for a little bit. Cool. Um, <laughs> Moniz also does real estate. Okay. Sometimes. Hey, very nice. Yeah. So yeah. I took a job. You just started, right? Ish. A year. Okay. okay. So yeah. she so, whispers about a year. <laughs> she sold two properties. Oh, so nice. <laughs> very nice. All right. So yeah. So I started um, in real estate doing some property management. Cool. And I learned a lot of ins and outs with that. And then I started picking like photography jobs with that, video jobs for that. And then slowly, ironically, I was still kind of like in the loop of entertainment because I would do film festivals. Mm, cool. And so I would submit once again to Craigslist. They're looking for volunteers. So I worked like the LA Film Festival, AFI, um, the American Film Market, which is a little bit it's a little bit different than your typical festival. It's more like a distribution distribution festival. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just networking that way. Fast forward to present, I applied to a job again off Craigslist. This festival was looking for <laughs> van drivers. Okay. okay. So they were looking for drivers to pick up talent from the airport. Um, this was an international festival. I was like, yeah, I have a stellar uh, driving record. I can pick up people from, you know, the airport, no problem. And hopefully get the chance to network because mm -hmm. some of the, the talent was actually up for some international nominations for Oscars. So oh, wow. it was a really cool opportunity to like network. Yeah. So I did that. And then I met some of the drivers that were really cool. Most of them were like, creatives as well. Um, one guy in particular, he was a writer and actor, and he knew that I had done some, um, I was assistant on a, a, a movie. And so we basically just stayed in contact. Mm -hmm. So probably like this was pre pandemic, um, just out one day I, I saw him, he was like, Hey, what are you up to? And I was like, um, at the time I just actually finished rapping on a non-union short and um i got hired as ad on that and he's like oh i i know you like the ad um but he's like i know you also want to produce like that's like what you really want to do mm -hmm. he's like well i have this guy who's looking for um some help on his project of the feature and he's like are you interested in it and i was like yeah of course i can i can do it yeah. of course you can do it like <laughs> yeah. why would you not say uh the answer is always yes the answer is always yes. yes i told him i could do it so he brought me on to that project and ironically he did not work on that project but he brought me on to it introduced me to the director and um the director uh, we spoke and he hired me as a second second on that okay wow. so i was working on that and then i met the production manager who was really cool and um took me under her wing and she um after finishing that project she um, sent me this like listing about this job opportunity for this tv show and i submitted to that the tv show saw my resume and they liked it 
And that's how I met you. Yeah. So. Hi. <laughs> I had to like go through, I had to encounter like six people <laughs> in order to land on that TV show, including like the one PA who was like, um, hey, Tiffany, are you available? Or do you still want to come back? You want to work? And if he listens to this, he knows who he is. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I do. I like working with you guys. And they would call me back. My wave onto the TV show was like through six people. So it wasn't the type of situation where, you know, I picked up the phone or I sent out an email for one person. It's kind of like I had to work like five jobs to get to that one. Yeah. So it was a very like- It's so crazy the way that is, like the way that the world works in that way. And yeah. especially the industry that it's yes. so network, it's all about networking. And yeah. it's just like one job will lead to the next, which will lead to the next. I mean, we've encountered it just with like, our stories of like meeting up and like being able to like, you know, work with each other. It's like, oh, I knew this person, which mm -hmm. then led me to this person, which yeah, it's insane. Yeah. And it may not necessarily be like people in the industry. Cause I look at when I was working uh, the film festival, I never thought by working at a festival that I would eventually end up on a TV show. Mm -hmm. Like it never occurred to me that the two would be like connected. Right. So, um, and not to say that you shouldn't always, you know, do your best or whatever but you just never know who you're around who can see like what you're about and then want to put you on or better yet want to work with you yeah so it's always important i just have a couple questions about <laughs> the start <laughs> um when you went to school where was it that you went to school i went to north carolina central university okay and know. then um when you were getting into news or mm -hmm. wanting to get into news yes what was the avenue that you were like looking to go into like is it is it like i just wanted to be news and figure out where in there i wanted to be or were you like i want to write for the news i want to be a journalist or... um i started actually doing photojournalism okay and so one of my friends knew that i also was interested in doing more like video more visual mm -hmm. and he knew someone that was looking for an intern and that's how i got my in into the news okay so yeah okay and then when you moved out here mm -hmm. well first of all in north carolina you made was it the one short film or did you do other things as well out there i did um that one short film but i was doing sizzle reels for the news or what were you doing for the, uh, for the sizzle reel i was doing a video operator okay. so uh, operating the camera okay, and uh, wow. video editing so that's when i realized like hey i can shoot my own short that's yeah. what kind of gave me the inspiration to get my Panasonic DBX 100 yeah. and go out and uh, shoot my movie. <laughs> Shout out to DBX 100. Yeah. yeah. Sponsor us. Yes. So that move out to California, let's talk about like what that was like, because I'm sure scary to begin with. I came out here twice. So the first time I flew out to check mm -hmm. out the program at SC. And then I realized how um, expensive it was. So mm -hmm. I reconsidered that. And then um, I decided that I still wanted to move out here but um i wanted to do a different route the good thing about the ucla program is that it's taught by um, industry professionals mm -hmm. and so i like that aspect yeah so i flew out here and then decided to go to ucla and then when i decided to like make it official to move out um again i got on craigslist and i locked down an apartment because i knew it was important for me to find housing yes. and then once i had that locked down i flew back and then my mom and sister helped me drive cross country. Wow. And my sister had to be back at work. Raquel, thank you so much. I'm going <laughs> to you and mom. My sister, my mom, we did it in three days. We pretty much didn't stop. 
because <laughs> my sister had to be back at work. But yeah, she got that me rush out to California. It's like the gold rush. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she helped me and we made it safely and she made her flight back to North Carolina. My mom um, helped me get set up. Uh, we went to Ikea in Burbank. I never forget it. On the third floor, we felt our first earthquake. <laughs> oh my god! And my mom was like, I don't know if this is what you want to do. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? I was like, mom, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to leave my baby here. Yeah. It's going to be okay. And um, so, yeah. So, yeah, she um, helped me come out, come out here and got me set up. And my dad was still, you know, very supportive. He didn't make the trip with us cross country, but he, he too was, was always um, supportive. So, yeah, got set up and just tried to figure my way out. I never forget at the time. I didn't know where anything was. And this yeah. was the time of um, Thomas Guide. If you know what a Thomas Guide is, it was We've the- to talk about Thomas Guide. <laughs> yeah, it was the utmost, like it was like a survival kit to get around in LA. Yeah. Man, I started watching the news and there was like this whole period where people were like, kind of like shooting on the highway. So I wasn't taking the highway streets. Yeah. So I was taking the side streets wow. um, with my time, Thomas Guide and it, like took me forever to get to places. But anyway, I got there, you know, with doing the background, I learned my way around the city so quick between the Thomas guy and doing yeah. the background because you have to go to these different places. Yeah. And it was just like, I was so alive. I was so like doing it. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm making it. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. And I'm, I'm working consistently and you're just like on top of the world. And then like how I said, long when you first moved out here, how long did it take you to get that first job? My roommate. Okay. So he knew someone. And so it was quick. Okay. So he was like my lucky break into regards to that. Yeah. Um, it's always knowing something, someone. It yeah. is always knowing someone, but even so, even like in my case, I didn't know anyone. Mm -hmm. And it was just, and I'll say this, and I mean it so truthfully when I say it, you really have to be blessed to be lucky. Because mm -hmm. a lot of it is luck. Mm -hmm. Because it, you, know, you just so happen to be with this roommate yes. who just so happened. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So um, he made a transition a lot easier for me. And I'm grateful for that. And when I was working, it was great. But then there was a the period where I wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And that was really like uncertainty and it's very stressful mm -hmm. because when you're not working and you're trying to figure out you know you're reaching out to people and you're wondering where your next gig is going to come from and you're not sure yourself it's like it's very anxious and it's very nerve-wracking so you really have to prepare for those times um as yeah. well i'm really excited that you brought up your like side gig of re or of um real estate i was about to say retail real estate because we all talk about how we have our like our gigs to, like make consistent money or or some sort of money to get yes. you by the inconsistency. Yeah. Yeah. How did you land on real estate? I keep wanting to say real retail. No, that's, <laughs> like, um, again, I can't find the words. <laughs> Craigslist. Uh, applied okay. to a, a, a job on Craigslist. Uh, this uh, uh, broker was looking for someone who could take photos. I can take photos, who can write up descriptions, I can write up descriptions. And uh, lo and behold, he actually kind of like needed an assistant. I just kind of looked up on it and I was able to do like the creative side, which was great for me because yeah. it allowed me to still like use my skills in that regard, but also learn a lot. And I did learn a lot from real estate because I love it. Yeah. So um, 
hopefully, you know, maybe one day we can produce a, a real estate <laughs> show together and, uh, you know, you can be the host and, uh, HGTV. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix, Apple, Amazon, yeah. who else? Tubi, all these. <laughs> yeah. What right. other? Yeah. TikTok. TikTok. So how do you juggle and prioritize all the things that you do? Meaning like you have the set PA, you also write, you also produce and right. direct and then the acting. I mean, I know, I'm sure some of it is a matter of like, whatever the job comes, the next job that comes is mm -hmm. where you're going to go. But how do you prioritize which one's which, which one are you like? I think, do you pursue one over, over the other? What my experience has been is that um, in this industry is it's important to it's important to be about what you're doing right now, but it's also important to have something of what are you working on. So when people, if I say, you know, I'm working on this show, but in two weeks I'm filming a short, you know, it keeps people um, interested. Right. So it's not just about like what I'm working on right now. Like two days ago, I shot a, an apartment building. And so I had that, but I'm also working on a short film that I met with the the guy that I met at the festival who's mm -hmm. a driver, I'm helping him produce his short. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's important to always be creating. Yeah. And so we live in a time now where you don't need to have a Panasonic DVX, but I think it's important that you're always being, putting something out there. And I need to listen to this podcast myself <laughs> and take my own advice. Um, but the people that I see that are creating and making their own ends in the industry are the ones that I feel will have long-term stability mm -hmm. in this industry because it's so uncertain. Yeah. And so when you're waiting for the opportunity, you kind of need to be creating your own, your own opportunity, your own kind of, kind of like your own wave. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, cause there's, there's jobs that are out there that you can work. Yeah. And then there are jobs that you need, like you said, create, you need to create. Mm hmm and it's i think it's yeah it's definitely important it is it's, it's definitely it. important and when you do look at a lot of the people that are their names are on the show they started by creating mm -hmm. so as much as i love being on set i love it like yeah. i wouldn't take it like working with you and the mm -hmm. rest of um, the team on that tv show it was great from the producers in the 80s but you're also there 12 13 14 15 hours so you also have to factor that in. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to to write and um, like kind of do your own thing, it's it's a it's quite a balancing act. Yeah. So you have to be able to know have an end goal because unless you want to be a PA, which means you want to be an AD eventually, you want to have something more than just unless you just want to be a PA, which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I think a lot of people do aspire to be either like in a higher capacity, whether yeah. that is an AD, a director, or um, a producer. Well, because PA work is hard. It's extremely hard. Work. It's extremely hard. At minimum wage. It is. It's <laughs> like, very low pay. So yeah. you always want to, like, no matter what, I feel like everyone kind of wants to, like, bump up more. at the end of the day. Just yeah. a little bit. You yeah. know, just maybe enough to retire at one point. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Do a little bit more. You know, don't have to worry about whether or not you can, you know, afford a... Yes. Well, let's talk about Craigslist. Like, do you still recommend that? I know we've been like, you know, going at it, but I haven't. Yes. Yeah. I do still recommend Craigslist. It's the best. Yeah. 
Okay, Craigslist sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but I should like put in there like so um, sidebar. Be careful. Yeah. Um, it's Craigslist. Yeah, it's Craigslist. It's shady for a reason sometimes. Well, and like even on Facebook, like I've gotten the recommendation to for for PA jobs to go on Facebook, but there's always like you'll apply and like you'll see that the profile is like basically blank, and then it'll come back and they'll be like, "Here's your job description." It'll entail you like it's like all these different things that you're like, "This is amazing." Oh, they're paying me more than minimum wage. What are you talking about? And then it's like. And then you are to buy equipment and um, blah, 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 and then, like, send it to us and then that. And you're like, wait, buy equipment? Yeah. Buy it out of my own money? And then they pay, like, reimburse you. I'm like, that doesn't sound. Yeah, if it's a red flag, then yeah. you should probably adhere yeah. to it that yeah. it's not your thing. So yeah. don't do not do it. Don't be so eager that you fall for anything. But, yeah. Um, yeah, be smart with it for sure. But, yeah, that, that'll happen on Facebook, too, is, like, those little – yeah, I mean, Craig, there's Craigslist, there's Mandy.com. I haven't gotten anything from Mandy, but um, ShareGrid is another resource. Yeah. Um, people. Okay. Um, ShareGrid's really great, right? That's for also renting yeah. equipment. Renting equipment, yeah. and you can also um, hire people from there. Oh, they really? Post jobs yeah. on there. Yeah. Oh, cool. So they have jobs on there too. But nice. um, but yeah, I cannot say enough about Craigslist. I I have. I have seen the opposite side of Craigslist too. So you can also get burnt. I have gotten burnt off Craigslist. Really? So, yeah. Wait, let's hear a horror story. <laughs> well, don't. <laughs> Just um, a quick one. Don't give out like too much information without like meeting the person and vetting them. You know, if they have like grammatical errors in their um, ad, um, don't reply. Because that's pretty, pretty sure um, something's not quite right with that no social security number yeah no so definitely do not give your social <laughs> out. do not give your home address out preferably not your phone number either what about for like set peeing because that's how we met yes favorite part least favorite part my favorite part is that i feel like i'm always grateful to be on set and i don't take it for granted and i think it's really easy for it to feel like a job but i also realize this is what i came out here for Mm -hmm. and I try to make it purposeful. Right. So whether it's, I'm, you know, Tiffany at such and such needs a cup of coffee. Well, that cup of coffee is going to help that actor deliver those lines in a way that has never been <laughs> seen before, and it's going to be the most amazing cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, if I have to do a, a set um, sound lockup, you know, let's make sure this post is so clear that when they get in there that they don't have to do any cleaning up with the audio. Yeah. So... If there's any suggestions or advice I can give when you are um, a set PA is to know that there's a lot of moving parts and don't take it for granted mm -hmm. because it's an opportunity. It's kind of crazy too, With I feel like with set PAs, like there are, like you do think of it, like I think we were talking about this where you're saying like you think of it a lot of times as like, oh, you're, you're just grabbing coffee. Mm -hmm. But there's actually a ton of responsibility as a set PA, and you're not just a gopher. Like, you, like, help run the show. Like, definitely. And a huge part. And there is, although it's not a creative side in terms of, like, storytelling, there is a creativity in a lot of, like, problem solving that definitely. you're having to do. That's all you're doing all day is problem solving and yes. making sure that 
people are where they need to be yes at a certain time communicated with well yes all the above and yeah. also keeping the momentum of um the set moving forward yeah like it's so important for a production to meet its day so mm -hmm. even though you're there for like 12 if you're a pa 12 plus hours um it's important to always keep the production moving forward even mm -hmm. though like i feel like as pas we assist the ad's with that to help them to make sure that they are making their days and every shot is getting made and you know we're staying on schedule but it's you know time is money mm -hmm. and that's even more um i feel like stressful especially if you're like a first ad because a lot of that weight is on their shoulders shoulders to make sure that they are pushing the momentum pushing while keeping them. it safe too and while way. keeping it safe for yeah. sure like for sometimes sure. your your lockups are not not just sound lockups not just like don't walk in the frame but like we have an explosion going off over here so right. no one walk over here otherwise you're gonna get burned like right. yeah like literally yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and there's um safety and liability and all that that goes with it so it's, yeah um, it's important least favorite part my least favorite part would be the pay <laughs> yeah i mean i'm being honest yeah. like because the reality is i volunteer for a lot of shorts um a lot of features and if someone calls me and says tiffany can you help me i'm like what time do i need to be there what do you need and i'm so sincere about it because mm -hmm. the reason i want to do this is because i love i do love producing and i love to see an idea come together when i read a script and i get on set and i see those actors deliver those lines and it hits and you know that that's a special moment it is magical yeah but if i'm on a set that has the monetary means i would love to get paid more but yeah who wouldn't so if there's anything i would say about being a pa is uh the pay yeah. and um yeah i i would just like to get paid more outside of that i'm i'm here <laughs> how can i help you what do you need and you know we're in california it's extremely it's painful expensive out here it's not just expensive it's painful so just know if you're listening to this and you're wondering, should you move to California? I would tell anyone, yes, just know that it's extremely painfully expensive. And if you're trying to do the industry, know that there is a lot of riptides and there's a lot of um, stillness mm -hmm. that you have to prepare for. Well, I also think that just with like the history of, of the film industry, in the last like 10 years, 10 plus years yeah. that, that, you know, you've been a part of and, and like, I've seen some of it, like we had the writer's strike that was like, what, like that was like nine years, that was in 2009, I think, right? 2008, 2009, yeah. 2008, 2009 was the writer's strike, yeah. big writer's strike that was, took out things for like months. Yes. And then we had the pandemic that took out things for months. Yes. I mean, that kind of affected everyone, mm -hmm. but still. And by the way, there is like, as we're recording this, I don't know exactly how it'll, like when this goes up, like what the outcome is going to be, but there is another potential writer strike. Yeah, I'm not going to mention the S word. I don't want it. Because <laughs> it's, it's don't like, mention it's it three times, otherwise it'll yeah. appear behind you. And then next year, there's one with uh, with all the like the big unions. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, IOTSI right IOTSI. after, yeah. So there is, I mean, eventually they, they do help everyone out in the long run anyways, because they they're fighting for certain rights and, and pay and everything, which is great. But at the end of the day, because that is very much a real thing, like, mm -hmm. and that's why, and two, because these productions, you're, you're going on a production. I mean, we were just on a show that it shot 21 episodes yeah, you guys for nine that. months. Yeah. And yet here we are without work now, yes. you know, like we're done with that show. Yeah. Um, for is now it? there's a season three coming, so that's exciting, but, um, 
Yeah, that's true. As long as the writer's strike doesn't fuck things up. But now you're out of like, we're out of work. We have to yeah, find other things to do. It's a freelance industry. It like, really everyone is. Everyone is freelance. Yeah. Even if you're lucky and blessed enough to have like a first look deal at a studio, that means they have the first look. It doesn't mean they're going to buy it. Mm -hmm. So people have to understand like, you're constantly on your hustle. You're constantly on your grind. Yeah. And networking is, is essential and is important, but just know it's just a very uncertain industry. Yeah. And I feel like too, and for some people, and sometimes I feel it, I feel like this is part of like the waves personally mm -hmm. is being able to keep the like creative alive, like while and just trying to like stay inspired for your personal projects while you're working like yeah 12 hour plus days right like that also is hard like that i feel like sometimes comes in waves but also has a, a certain amount of discipline how do you you know how do you do that for me i think it's really important to have a lot of people say your tribe so I'll say, I'll say tribe twos, but it's important for you to have a support system. Mm -hmm. So it's important for you to be around other creatives that are like, look, I get it. You just work 12 hours as a PA. Do you want to be a PA your whole life? No. So let's get out here. That's right. Let's shoot. Let's edit. Let's create. Mm -hmm. Because if not, you will stay in the, I don't know, I don't want to say the red race, but you'll stay constantly in this cycle yeah. of not doing your own stuff. Well, and it's such, I feel like too, it's such a balance between how am I going to make rent and how am I going to like feed my, like feed myself, my yes. body, yeah. but then feed my soul. Right. Like, and the feed my soul is, is the creative, like as a set PA, like I said, like there's creative problem solving, but it's not your creative storytelling that I personally want to like eventually do in the long run. Right. Yes. And so, yeah, there's, I think that balance is like, it's a delicate balance and it's hard yeah, yeah. because when you are, you know, worried about, your next paycheck, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to be creative, mm -hmm. but I think it's during those times when you, that's when you need to do it the most. Yeah. Tiffany, listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> listen to yourself, girl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shoot. Edit. Put it out there. Let's talk about writing. Cause you did, we, when we had our little pre-interview, you were talking about the importance of writing. Let's, oh, let's hear you say it. It's so essential. <laughs> oh my goodness. Everything is writing. Like when you see a moment on screen, it's the writer, mm -hmm. you know, granted it's the actor that's bringing that moment alive, but it's the writing that's like catching, catching that, that essence. Yeah. So it all starts with the writing. Got to write. Yeah. Even when it's painful. Like I think I'm a Virgo. And so we're very <laughs> okay, um, silently screaming <laughs> over here. She is also Virgo. <laughs> um, so as Virgos, we're very um, critical of ourselves and we're very perfectionist and it can get in our own way. And I am so guilty of this where I'm like, when I look at some certain movies, there's so much terrible stuff out here on TV. It's so much bad stuff. Yeah. But you know what? They did it for better or worse. They yeah. are doing it. And when I see it, I'm in a place now, I don't even critique people's stuff because I'm like, one, it is so hard to get your stuff made. And it is so hard to put it out there and feel like safe in an environment. Like, you know what? I'm going to put it out there to the world. And if it sucks, it sucks. But do it. Mm -hmm. If it's bad, do it. If it's good, great. But at least you can say you've done it. And that's why yeah. it's so important to be creating. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying like, there's a lot of good stuff too. Like I just watched um, Ted Lasso's new uh, season is out and nice. I like Ted Lasso. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff out and, but there's a lot of good stuff where I I watch and I'm just like, I can't believe that got made. So yeah. why am I not like making it? So 
do well, it. I also think, cause I've throughout like my few years of like set PA and everything, I've found so many people who have said, I want to do X, Y, Z. Like I want to write, I want to produce, I want to direct, I want to do whatever I'm not doing right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people who aren't doing those things or have never actually done it. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, even like small time, like short film type stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, you gotta get out and do it. Cause you're, you're going to start as like bad. Like you're not going to be good yeah. at first. Like it's going to be rare. If you're good, you're, I mean, more power to you, but like one in a million is going to be good. Like it's yeah. always going to be bad. And it's the gonna whole take time. point is it's a learning. And the more you do it, the more yes. you learn. This, Jessica, yeah. listen to this podcast. It's <laughs> called the OGs, right? It'll help you get out of your comfort zone. I yeah. highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I totally hear you with that. Is there anything else that you want to add to the podcast before you? Um, I just want to say that it's important for people to know that whether you believe you can do it or not, they're both true. And that's really important. <laughs> and I think it's also important to run your own race and ride your own wave because it's very easy to get caught up and oh, such and such has, has done so much more. Yeah. But even if you start like right now, this very moment, it's still not too late for you, mm -hmm. but just start, just do it. And also know that if you are looking at doing entertainment, that it is a very up and down industry. Mm -hmm. um, I look at, um, like the, the Oscars for this past weekend. Both of those actors had been out of work for like like 20 some years. They yeah. hadn't really worked. And so know that as hard as it may seem for um, someone new that's trying to break into the industry, it is equally as hard to stay relevant. And I think um, you have to take that and do with it as you will, but know that if you feel like in your essence that it is meant for you to do it, then it will be. And don't, let that stop you and don't get in your own way and tiffany please listen to this <laughs> podcast but um don't get in your own way so if there's anything yeah just ride your wave know that this industry is extremely hard but if you feel that you can do it then you can have a support system have your family your friends and for me i have rekindled my relationship with god because this industry will make you question a lot of things mm -hmm. so you really have to know who you are and what you are about and know your purpose and your why. Do it, do it, do it. And if you start right now, good for you. If you start tomorrow, good for you. But regardless, do it. Well, thank you. Because thank you. Yeah, I think too, like it's tough. And just the examples you brought up of, of our actors that just recently won their their awards, like it's so true. Like there's so I like I feel like I wake up every day being like, did I make the right choice? Am I in the right industry? Should I just be like a look like a manager at Walmart or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> am I fine just doing that? Like, or am I or is this grind this hustle? Like, because it's hard to keep it going. It but, is. It is. But, but we'll you're say, right. Like, like when my partner asked me, you know, uh, do you still do you still enjoy it? Yeah. And when I can when I can no longer say yes and. I think also too, for me, when I have tried everything that I have, mm -hmm. uh, everything that I have in me, that's when I'll be like, I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. I haven't done that yet. That's why I need to listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but when I have given it my all and then in my truth, whether it's like, when you see it like Tiffany, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I can honestly say, but you know what? It's good enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, 
that's saying a lot. Yeah. When you can truthfully say you've done that, then you can walk away knowing that you've given it your all. Yeah. Damn. All right. So we're all in tears over here. Uh, Um, Let's talk about where can people find you to hire you and um, bring you on their projects. Yeah. Where can people find me? Craigslist. (laughs) You have to post on on Craigslist. Wanting a Tiffany Hughes. No, not Craigslist. Um, But yeah, I'm on Instagram. My handle is uh, the right act. And it's T-H-E-W-R-I-T-E-A-C-P. And it'll be in our show notes as well. Yeah, the right act. So yeah, do it. Don't get in your own way. Get out of your way. Take your wave. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks guys. Good job. You guys are doing it. Exciting. Hello, beautiful listeners. And thank you for listening to Get Set, the tranquil podcast about film and television. Not really, but thank you so much for listening. If you have anything you'd like to hear about whether it's a industry job or a dream guest within reason, let us know. We'd love to talk about it on an episode and send us an email at getsetpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thanks.